Welcome to today's podcast with Crosspoint Church, where we share the gospel and we share our lives. With so many fun and new exciting things going on at church, we want you to be in the loop. So make sure that you check out our Facebook page and that you check out our website at www.crosspointwaverly.com. And now for today's message. Well, good morning to you and happy Thanksgiving week. Right? It's like your birthday, your birthday month. So it's Thanksgiving week. Celebrate it. Live it up today. Live it up tomorrow and on Thursday. A couple of weeks ago, we began a new sermon series called The Lost Art of Gratitude. And some of you are like, are you seriously going to talk to me about gratitude right now? Yes, I am, because I need to hear it. Okay, so maybe I'm the only one in the room this morning that's needed three weeks on gratitude to reposition my heart and to posture it in the right place. But I would imagine that I'm not the only one. And so if you find yourself in a season right now where you are like, I need the Lord to posture my heart in a heart of gratitude, well, hold on to your seats this morning or pull out a pen and a piece of paper and let's take notes and let's go through what the word of God wants to show us this morning. This, amen, thank you. So this series has looked at the spiritual virtue of gratitude. If you've missed any of these messages, I would encourage you to listen online at crosspointwaverly.com. You can find us on YouTube and, uh, and Spotify. I mean, it's wherever you want to be, that's where you'll find us. And so I encourage you to, to take a listen through that. Through this series, we're seeing that all good things in life come from God. And so we're remembering in God's word, being thankful in all circumstances and cultivating a thankful heart. And as we do that, we can truly grasp God's work in our lives and live a life of gratitude. I thought we would start off these messages with some thank you notes. Jimmy Fallon on Fridays always does his thank you notes, and it's just a little fun thing that I thought would be fun for us to do this morning and insert those. And so I'm going to ask that Matt would cue some thank you note music for me, would you? Thank you, Black Friday ads for letting us know that we only have 39 more days until this year is over. Thank you, canned cranberry sauce, for being the easiest contribution to Thanksgiving dinner and the grossest. Ow! Thank you, sweatpants, or as I like to call them, buffet britches, for being the unofficial pants of Thanksgiving. Thank you, raw turkeys, for being pre-stuffed with your innards in a nice paper bag. Ow! All right, thank you. That's enough of that. What's sad is I get to do that another time in second service. How do you transition from that moment? I should have thought about that. When we consider the entirety of our lives and dream about eternity, it's clear that God has been really good to us. Amen? He's given us more than we deserve, and he has spared us from what we did deserve. And so as we look ahead to Thanksgiving this week, there's so much for us to be grateful for. This morning, we're going to look at the idea that we will not only be thankful to God for his past actions, but also for his continual work in our life. There's this song that we sing here at our church that the bridge says, even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. You never stop working. There are a number of things that I don't know anything about. And my wife says, amen. 
And one of the many things that I don't know anything about is road construction. I literally know nothing about the process, and my mind cannot comprehend why it takes so long for a road to be reopened. Over the last number of months, I have taken a detour because of 4th Street being closed, and there are days when I would drive by, and it didn't seem like there was any progress being made. It didn't seem like anybody was working, but I just had to trust that even when I couldn't see it, somebody was working. And then all of a sudden, you wake up one day, and you take the 4th Street detour to look down the road to realize that you didn't need to do that. That 4th Street was opened back up. During the time that the road was closed and we would take the detour, I became intimately aware of a part of town in Waverly that I wasn't too familiar with. I didn't regularly drive through it. And I wonder how many times in our life God has us on a detour because he's closed the door or there's some other kind of interruption in your life to your regular scheduled lives. And begrudgingly, you take the detour, you look down the road, and you wonder if God is ever going to show back up to work to finish that road and get it reopened for you. But in the interruptions and the detours, we need to remember that God is still at work and have a heart of gratitude towards him. The other posture that we can take in addition to gratitude is one of a learner. God, open our eyes to see what you want us to see in the midst of this interruption and detour and open my mind to learn what you want me to learn. I want us to turn in our Bibles to Philippians chapter 1 this morning. Philippians chapter 1. We're going to begin reading in verse number 3 this morning. Philippians chapter 1. This is what Paul writes to the church in Philippi. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you, all making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to feel this way about you all because I hold you in my heart for you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. Let's pray this morning. God, we thank you so much for your word and for the power that it has to transform our lives. We ask that over the next few moments that we would sense a demonstration of your spirit's power. Would you make your word come alive to us? In Jesus' name we pray, amen. What we see here in these few short verses is what God has done and what he's doing. I love that Paul begins this letter to the church in Philippi with thanking God in remembrance of them. And I feel that way about our church, the same way that Paul felt about the church in Philippi. I'm grateful for you. Unfortunately, I know a number of pastors that wouldn't be able to start a letter to their church the same way. And to me, that's sad. But Paul writes in Philippians chapter 1, verse number 3, he starts with gratitude. He's writing to the church in Philippi and says he is thankful for them. He's grateful for them because they have partnered in prayer and partnered together in the work of the ministry from the beginning. And there are some of you who have been part of Crosspoint's journey from day one. 
And I'm grateful for those of you who maybe are joining us for the very first time online today or in person today. And I know that as we pray together and as we work together, that the relationship will be solidified between us and God will do great things to strengthen that relationship. But there is a bond between me and some of the people that were here from day one because of from the very beginning, us praying together and serving together to see what God has done. There's this connection when we pray and we labor together as the church. And so I echo what Paul echoed or Paul said with his words that I'm grateful for you and my prayers are filled with joy as I think of all of you. As we look at our church and our own lives, we recognize that anything good in any of us has come from God. He has worked. He is working and will continue to work in our lives. We will be thankful for God's continued work in our lives. As followers of Jesus, there are some obvious things that we can be thankful for. We can be thankful for the air that fills our lungs each day. We can be thankful for the magnificent bodies made of complex systems that work in harmony for us to be able to live. We're thankful for Jesus' atoning death on the cross that has brought salvation. To help illustrate a heart of gratitude, I'm going to ask Sam Saint to come out this morning. Would you please welcome Sam Saint as he comes out? I'm Sam Saint, Super Sleuth. And this is my partner, the Holy Spirit. You can't see him, but he's always there. We we walk our beat like burnt marshmallows on the top of a sweet potato casserole. The city Waverly, city of peace. When that peace is shattered, that's when we come in. You see, we're peacemakers. Yes, we are. The Peace Patrol. The day was Wednesday. I knew I'd blown it when I looked in the refrigerator and saw that the turkey wasn't there. It was still in the deep freeze. That 23-pound turkey wouldn't thaw until Christmas if I got it out right now. I was in trouble. And I hadn't purchased any dinner rolls either. So... I got in the car, I drove to the local grocery, and as I parked in that parking lot, realized I had forgotten my mask at home. I turned around, I drove back home. I I would have made it in record time too if I hadn't taken the 4th Street detour, and and then realized I didn't have to take the 4th Street detour. I made it back to the store and I found the turkey section. There was one thawed half turkey breast left in the freezer, cooler, whatever it was. I picked that one out and then I looked. There was no more turkey to be found. Oh yeah, there was some of that sandwich turkey, you know the kind that's sliced so thin you can read the Bible through it. I didn't get that and then I went to the bread and there was nothing, nothing, no dinner rolls, nothing. I picked out a box of crackers and I went up to the checkout. The clerk rang me out with a disgusted look on her face. I drove back home, and as I was driving, I, oh, my Thanksgiving thoughts turned sour. I I thought, wow, it's been a tough year. It's, oh, boy, we're not going to have any relatives over laughing and 
eating turkey together. The football games were going to have canned crowd noise. What's that about? The parade wasn't going to be a parade at all. It was going to be a series of pre-recorded acts. My depression grew to despair, and that's when my partner spoke up. He has a way of doing that, you know, bringing to remembrance the things we've learned as we study the Bible and go to church. He reminded me that the Bible says, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter his courts with praise. I will give thanks in everything. And so I did it. I pulled over to the side of the road and I prayed. Well, see, I was going to close my eyes to pray. It was one of those prayers where you have to close your eyes, and that's not really good to do when you're driving 25 miles an hour through Waverly. And I prayed, and I asked God to help me to change my attitude, and, and he did. I chose right there on the side of the road that I was going to be thankful. I would be thankful for the football games with no crowds. I would be thankful for the non-parade parade. I would be thankful for the half-turkey breast we were about to eat. I would be thankful for the fact that with no relatives coming over, I'd have a whole pie to myself. And so my day changed. I decided I would be a thanks liver, and you could do that too. That's right. You could choose thanks living this week with God's help. I walk with confidence in a strength that's not my own. Holy Spirit, it gives me power because I'm in the peace patrol. Well, the Word of God in the Holy Book. The peace of God to guard my soul. I walk victorious cause I'm in the peace patrol. I'm Sam Saint Super Sleuth. And this is my partner, the Holy Spirit. You can't see him, but he's always there. That's why we can walk our beat with thanksgiving in our hearts in the Peace Patrol. See you around, sweethearts. Thank you, Sam Saint. I don't know if there's anything that he can't do. What, what a blessing. Love it. Love it. We're so blessed. Well, J.A. Moyer, in, uh, in his commentary, The Message of Philip. Philippians says, salvation would be a wretchedly unsure thing if it had no other foundation than my having chosen Christ. The human will blows hot and cold, is firm and unstable, but fits and starts. It offers no security of tenure, but it is the will of God that is the ground of salvation. No one would be saved had not the Lord been moved by his own spontaneous and unexplained love to choose his people before the world was and at that decisive moment to open our hearts to hear, to understand and accept the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. This then is assurance. God has willed my salvation. We sing a song called Reckless Love that says, Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. That it chases us down, it fights till I'm found and leaves the 99. I don't deserve it, I couldn't earn it, but still you give yourself away. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. I am so grateful for His love. 
I'm grateful that my salvation is not contingent upon what I do. Instead, it's contingent on what he did and that he's willing to accept me where I'm at, transform my heart, forgive my sins, and continue to work in me until the day that I meet him in heaven. So we're thankful that we have a God that desires to have a personal relationship with us. We're thankful that he has prepared a place for us in heaven where we'll get to spend an eternity with him. The list could go on and on of the things that we're thankful for, but what about what God is doing right now? Philippians chapter one, verse number six says, and I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Paul would later say in Philippians chapter two, verse number 13, for it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So God didn't just do something for us in the past. He is continually working in our lives. And notice what chapter 1, verse number 6 says. God is the one who began the work. And he's the one who will bring it to completion. He's the one who started it. He's the one who will end it. I don't know what you say to your kids when your kids get lippy. And rather than pick on my kids this morning, I figure I'll pick on my parents. There was a saying that they would say when we would get lippy. That would say something like this, boy, don't start something you aren't prepared to finish. Ooh, boy, don't let your mouth write a check that you can't cash. I just gave you some information. Maybe you'll share that with your kids if they just happen to get lippy. What what God begins, he finishes. If he writes a check with his mouth, it's good. He's the very one who spoke all of creation into existence. He'll bring to completion whatever he started in you and in our lives. When we surrendered our life to Christ, he made us new, but it didn't stop there. He continues to refine us and shape us to be more like him. And he never gives up on us. He puts his finishing touches on us until the day that we die. And if you're like me, he has a lot more work to do. Amen. And so when we face the good news or bad news, difficulty or blessings, unexpected trouble, it all has a purpose. As we face these things, we can do so with gratitude, knowing that God is putting the finishing touches on us. Look, I know that for some of you, this week is filled with disappointment. Mamas have looked forward to having all of their babies, their kids and their grandkids under one roof to be able to cook for them. And some of you are still going to do it, but some of you aren't able to. And some of you have had to cancel your Thanksgiving plans, and you've shared that with me, and I know that it just adds insult to injury to the isolation that you already feel. I appreciate the words that PG said during the ministry moment, and Sam Saint said during it. It's words that speak to our hearts today. And in these times, we can be grateful that the Holy Spirit is not afraid of COVID. He can't be mandated by laws or CDC guidelines to stay away from us or stay away from our house. Right? And so we can lean into his strength and his presence. And so for those of you who can't gather this week with your family, I want you to do something. There are missionaries around the world who have experienced for years what you may experience this year. They've not been able to celebrate big holidays with their families because of how far they live away from them. And so this week, when you began to, to feel the 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 emotions of sadness and you experience disappointment, I'm going to ask that you would do two things. Number one, that you would pray and thank God for the strength that he'll give you to make it through. 
And secondly, I want you to pray for the missionaries around the world that God would give them strength and joy in this season. Will you do that? Awesome. And I know that those of you who are watching online, the very ones that this is probably going to impact the most are saying a loud amen. So thank you for being willing to do that. Speaking of missionaries, Pastor Madison mentioned in the announcements next week we are having a phenomenal guest missionary speaker. And here's what you can know about me is I very rarely announce that we're having a guest speaker. Rarely. So when we announce that we're having a guest speaker, you need to know that it's going to be good. So Pastor Jay Reisner was a children's pastor when Erica and I lived in Springfield. He has stories on us. If you want nothing else but to hear stories of what it was like for us in college serving alongside him, feel free to come next Sunday and hear that. He's a missionary to kids in Africa, records television programs, and next week we are going to have family-style services in both services, and I'm just telling you, whether you are young or whether you are old, you are going to enjoy next week. And so don't miss it. For those of you who can't be here in person, make sure that you join us online next week. He's, it's going to be great. How many know that Christianity doesn't have a monopoly on gratitude? Christianity doesn't have a monopoly on gratitude. Although as followers of Jesus, we should exhibit gratitude more than anybody else. Amen. Contemporary spirituality has caught on to the concept of gratitude. Secular people have caught on to the concept of gratitude. Gurus and mediums and proponents of new age spirituality see the importance of being grateful in life. And they acknowledge the spiritual and physical benefits as such. However, these spiritual leaders focus on thinking in impersonal universe or a person's own divinity. And this goes against biblical gratitude that starts with God first as the center for all good things in life. And so our spiritual discipline of gratitude can't be mistaken for contemporary new age practice. Gratitude becomes a spiritual discipline in our life. So instead of being thankful only at holidays or during certain ceremonies, we can cultivate our souls to constantly be thankful for what God has done and what he's doing. Nathan Foster writes, gratitude brought me to the ability to collapse into God's providence. And so with a playful smile, I relinquished, oh, you just do what you want with this situation and I'll say thank you. That's some trust and some faith in God, right? That when life is not going the way that we want it to go, for us to just relinquish control and just go, that's all right, God. I'm going to have a heart of gratitude and say thank you. We can constantly express our gratitude to God. The other thing that we can do is tell those closest to us the impact that they have made on our lives because of God working through them. It's important that we let, the, let people know the impact that they've had on us. Let's not wait until, people, until we're knocking at death's door to let people know how much that they've meant to us. And let's not wait till others are at their death's door before we express our appreciation to them. This week I did a funeral for, I'm going to invite the worship team to come on up. This week I did a funeral for a great man in our community. And the one regret that I have, he was my neighbor, the one regret that I have is that the first time that I invited he or his family to our church was when I did his funeral. Listen, I don't want that to be the story of our other neighbors. I don't want that to be the story of the servers at the restaurants or the teachers at my kids' school or the cashiers at the gas station or the tellers at the bank. 
I want people to experience the beauty of this community and the presence of the Holy Spirit as we gather together in this life. Let's be grateful to God in obvious times and be thankful when we had detours or interruptions by seeing that it's a time to slow down our busy schedule and a chance to hear from God about what's going on in our life. No moment or circumstance is too small to acknowledge the good that God is doing in this moment in our world. A life of gratitude helps us reflect and become present in God's work in the world. It can take away the pressure of our having to make everything work for ourselves, helping us appreciate what is in our life and enabling us to see where God is taking us. Gratitude quiets our busy souls, humbles our ambition, and reveals to us the good things in life the God, the God who, and the God who gives them. So we're thankful for what God has done in our lives. And we're grateful that he's continuing to work in our lives. God's not done with me yet. And he's not done with you yet. And I want you to say that with me this morning, not say, I don't want you to be a smart aleck and say God's not done with you yet, right? Instead, I want you to say that God is not done with me yet. Let's say it together. God's not done with me yet. Now I want you to look at your neighbor, your wife, your husband, your friend sitting beside you, and I just want you to say that to them. God's not done with me yet. And now I want you to look at them and say God's not done with you yet. Do you believe it this morning? And I'm so grateful. I'm grateful that the moment when I said the prayer to ask Jesus to come into my life and forgive me of my sins, that he did it. And I'm grateful that as I've continued to live my life sometimes in ways that aren't pleasing to him, that I can cry out to my heavenly father 